You are a song. According to science, that is more truth than anything else that your brain can tell you. You are a vibration. You are an energy frequency. And yet, why do we live our lives based upon what a series of thoughts tell us we are? The ego, other people, things that have come up in our lifetime. Let's explore the song that has always wanted to be sung through you, by you, the authentic you. Let's get in touch with your song of aliveness. Hello and welcome to your song of aliveness podcast. Are you ready for this, my friends? All right. So we are going to jump right in today. I want to talk about this idea of the narrative. Now, it's something that I talk a lot about uh, in the context of self-kindness. It's a lot of what comes up in the context of, uh, you know, thought work, being still, getting connected. So I want to get right into it today. I'm really grateful that you are listening, and I also want to say to you that let me know what you think of Song of Aliveness. You can go down, uh, you can rate the show, you can leave a comment, you can always find me at Self Kindness with Pete on my Instagram or go over to PeteSibley.com. You know, let me know. I love getting uh, feedback and comments from all of you, um, and I love that when you do rate the show, that more and more people get in touch with this awesome conversation that you and I are having. So, the narrative. <laughs> it was like, I had a couple things that of like specific ways that we can be witnessing the narrative that's going on inside of us. Now, sometimes this is called like getting more present. Sometimes this is like mindfulness. Sometimes it's just the simple work of doing this thought work and watching how when we do it consistently, our lives begin to change, our like beliefs begin to change. We start seeing things in such a different way as we do this work. So are you ready? Um, so a couple stories. First story. Have you ever walked into a door? <laughs> yeah. Like, just by accident, have you ever walked into a door? Or have you ever, like, slammed the drawer and your finger was still in it? Or what about, you know, you might, if you're on a bike and you come to uh, slowing down and by you're on the sidewalk, and by accident you go off the sidewalk into the grass or something and you fall over. Now, I want you to remember those moments and think of those moments. What is the first thing that you say to yourself in those moments? What's the first thing that your brain says to you? Does it say something that picks you up and that is there to support you and love you and soothe you and be encouraging? Or is it more like this? <laughs> you idiot. Like dumbass. 
what are you doing? What's wrong with you? Oh my gosh, you're so stupid. I would say that most of us fall into the category of if we do something like that, you know, you come around a corner and you catch your knee on the side of a table. The first thought that pops into your head is something like, you're an idiot. You're stupid. Why did you do that? It's like this accusation and it is very unkind. The song of our aliveness has been quieted by that voice. Whose voice is that? Who says that? Who does that? Who is so callous that when another person gets hurt, it immediately says, you're stupid, idiot. And yet we do it in our own mind and we may not do it all the time. But if that voice is in there, if that voice hasn't been met, if you haven't taken the time to explore that and look at that, I want to bet you, I'm not a betting person, but I'm going to bet you that that voice plays a role in other places in your life. And here's why. Because that voice is in your brain. So if you do something that kind of mentally hurts you or emotionally hurts you, that same voice that says you were stupid for doing the thing where you hurt yourself by accident is going to pop up and do that somehow in some language when you do it emotionally to yourself or when you see it come up in other places in your life. So here's what I want for all of us. I want you to be telling that voice to say directly to it, you're wrong. I'm not an idiot. I want you to be soothing and caring to your hurt and that pain. And you might even get to a place where you're laughing at just how absurd your brain can be that it would like accuse you of being stupid because you know of an accident (laughs) and I also want that cruelty that brutal voice to be quieted I want it to totally stop and yet I know that's not that's not really the end goal that we're looking for what we're looking for is we're looking for a voice that speaks louder with more authority than th- that one. It's like that voice is essentially like the troll in your brain and there's a part of you, a mindfulness and awareness in you that can this simply block it. So that's what I want to talk about today. So my next story is one that relates to something that I it really bugs me. When I hear people say like that they're so busy and they're so like there's so much they're like so overwhelmed and yet they the patterns just keep happening again and again and again. And they don't shift things in their lives. And I want to say to them, 
Like, don't you remember that we actually choose our lives? It's like we get these busy lives. We get into all of the the stuff and the doing and action of our lives. And we forget that we actually, we are, have autonomy. We have a sovereignty around our lives. We forget that we are actually able to choose our lives. We say like, oh no, Pete, I can't. Like I can't. And what I want you to start to look at is really get in touch with that part of you that says, oh, I can't do anything about it because da 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 da. It's like, yeah, you can. And I say that from a very loving place because I, for the longest part of my life, kept saying I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Like if if someone did just show me how to figure it out then, you know, or I felt like life was some type of school and that, you know, God was quizzing me. And when I got to the right spot, then my life would start unfolding. And yet, really what it is, is it's our choice. We are choosing. I'm not saying that we choose all the events in our lives, but we're choosing how to react and how to be with the events in our lives. So, you, it's more likely when somebody is very busy in their life or they say that they can't cut something out like the amount of hours that they work, it's more honest to say that they are unwilling right in that moment. doesn't mean that they won't later on, but in that moment they are unwilling to make the change. They are un- unwilling to go into their boss and say they need to work less hours. They are unwilling to take a pay cut so they have more time to be driving their kids around. They are unwilling to have their kids upset or, um, you know, hold the belief that somehow their kid isn't going to go pro in a sport or they're going to, you know, like ruin their life if their child isn't doing all the sports because what if they're actually a, a, a star at baseball, but I've had them in soccer all these years. So those choices and that change, they can happen quickly. And yet we tell ourselves that these are something, these are things that need, not like that take time, right? But what happens when we give it that time of, rather than just sitting with the discomfort that might come up, what happens is that it becomes, it begins to fester. Now, when, another story, when I was really little, I... <coughs> was over at a friend's house and I got a splinter under my fingernail. I forgot what we were doing. We were playing something. And my friend's mom got the tweezers out and she was going to yank this giant splinter out from underneath my fingernail. And I freaked out. And now another friend's mom actually was over there. We, a couple of us were playing and she was there to pick up, you know, one of one of the boys that I was playing with. And she, I remember one of them like sitting on like my stomach and the other one sitting on my arm and I was writhing and screaming and kicking. I would not let them get the splinter out from underneath my fingernail. And so it sat under there for the rest of the time that I was over at my friend's house. We, I don't think we really did much after that. 
Finally, my mom comes and picks me up, drives me home, and I remember being in the bathroom upstairs, and she was trying to get the splinter out, and finally she just said, you know, Petey, that was what my parents called me, Petey, I have something for you if you let me take the splinter out. And so I was really curious. She, you know, I, maybe she told me, maybe she didn't, either way. So I put, gave her, you know, my hand and she went with the tweezers and, you know, pulled the splinter out. And I think I remember it hurting a little bit, but it certainly didn't hurt to the extent that I was afraid of. And she put the Band-Aid on it and she gave me a Smurf. Yes, this was back in the 80s when Smurfs were still a big deal and they were actually maybe just like kind of coming out. And so she had gotten me a Smurf. And I let her take this splinter out, this splinter that would have stayed under there festering because I was so afraid of the discomfort. And yet when I knew what was on the other side of that discomfort, I was instantly ready to make that change. And so that's what I want to offer to you. The thing that feels uncomfortable, the thing that feels like it is so hard, so challenging, you know, like those people that are so busy to reconnect with what is on the other side of that. And what is on the other side of all of that is this song. It's the song that who you are. It's reconnecting to who you are. It's reclaiming that part of you that has been quiet for so long. You know, in that space, that song of aliveness that you are, it's easy to stop feeling guilty. <laughs> like if you forget the snacks for your kids at a school pickup. It's available to you to say no when your mom asks you to like, you know, call your brother because he's, you know, having trouble with his business and he needs to hire more people. You can just say, no, mom. It's more available to you to forgive yourself and your ADHD brain when you get hyper-focused and you're late again. You've run over time. You know, you pause and sit in the sun for a moment longer. Or maybe you drive to a beautiful place, a sunflower farm, and you sit amongst the flowers. And maybe you actually do pick up that journal and write out your frustrations or your dreams in this moment you become aware of why you are doing what you are doing. And that's honesty. You pay attention to your moments. I mean, you become so much more connected and confident, and you allow your voice. Maybe you post on social media. Maybe you put out an offer. Maybe you're more direct with your ideas. Maybe you commit yourself to the long-term inevitability of this is going to work. So one more story, and that is 
a moment recently where something that was a huge embarrassment in my life, a massive source of shame, guilt, and even depression, was became a moment of connection and love with my kids. And what that was, it was, you know, we were in the bathroom, the three of us, my daughter, my son, 15-year-old and 12-year-old, and we were laughing about, as I told these stories to my kids, about times where I totally lost my cool, my temper with them as babies. With my daughter, it was a time when we were, you know, still touring musicians driving around the country and she was a little baby and she'd been crying all night in the hotel. So I had put her in her car seat and was driving around these random roads somewhere in Colorado and she just would not fall asleep and she wouldn't stop crying. So I just pulled over on the side of the road because I didn't know what to do and the car was still running. I opened the door, left the door wide open. And, you know, it was like, I don't know, 530 or something in the morning. So no traffic. And I just got out of the car and I walked to the front of the car and sat on the hood. And the poor thing finally, I think, just fell asleep because she cried herself to sleep. And the other time was with my son, maybe about the same age. I had put him on the floor to change his diaper, and as I leaned over him, he pushed my face away, you know, in that little, you know, kind of get away from me kind of push. And I stood up and I punched the wall and ended up fracturing my hand. And I told my kids these stories. I mean, these were stories of deep shame in the moment when they happened. And here we are years later, maybe about a decade plus later for both of these babies and a decade later of inner work that I've done. And we were laughing and the kids were kind of comparing stories with each other. And there was such connection and there was such love and I saw in their eyes the look that I've always wanted to get from my children, which is one of understanding, which is one of really being seen. And it also felt like, you know, a gratitude. Thank you, Daddy, for being a real human being and loving us through all of that. I want to invite you to what is the song that is playing in you? What are the parts of you that have been quieted? Why are you playing a piano that has 88 keys? Why are you only playing the two in the middle? If it's because of that voice that immediately reacts when you make an accident, when you unintentionally hurt yourself, that calls you an idiot or stupid, then let's go to work on that. We don't have time to let it sit and fester any longer in your life, my friend. I love you. I'm so grateful you listened to this. 
let me know how it lands with you. You can go down to the show notes and find all my information there. And don't forget to rate this show. Let me know what you think of the new um, name. And we're going to keep on exploring this, this song of aliveness. And I can't wait to have more of this conversation with you. Okay, bye. Hello, my friend. Are you ready to take all of what we talk about in these podcasts and put it to immediate practice in your life? All right, I've got ways to do that. You go down to the show notes and you can click on a free consultation with me to talk with me about what one-on-one coaching will do in your life. And you can also sign up for my newsletter and receive reminders that have been known to help people make big changes in their lives just by going through and reading those emails. So head on down to the show notes and click on those links and begin today.